damage complete. All droids leaving the system must be cleared by customs control. Proof of ownership is required for all droid passengers. What is that? I don't know, but it sounds familiar. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to W Radio. You're in Hello, my friends, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangiello, and this is show number 172 for the week of May 30th, 2010. We'll start off this week's show by taking a look at what's coming next to Walt Disney World as we discuss the many new and old offerings as part of Summer Nightastic. We'll also discuss some other Disney news, including improvements to the online dining reservation system and a curious change taking place in Fantasyland. Star Wars Weekends is in full swing over at Disney's Hollywood Studios as the legendary's Star Wars saga is celebrated this year, including the 30th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back and the animated television series The Clone Wars. I'm joined this week in an exclusive interview with Ashley Eckstein, celebrity host for Star Wars Weekends, the voice of Ahsoka Tano in the Clone Wars series, former Walt Disney World cast member, and so much more. We'll discuss not only her role in the Star Wars universe and at Star Wars Weekends, but her career at Disney and ongoing fascination with Disney collecting and the Disney parks. I'll announce the winner of our Walt Disney World 3s contest. I'll play more of your voicemails and have a few announcements, including details about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. In this week's Walt Disney World news, there is a lot of excitement building for what is coming to Walt Disney World in the next few weeks. And right now, Star Wars Weekends is in full swing, but the best really may be yet to come, as Summer Nightastic is going to debut on June 6th and run through August 14th. Now, this past week, I was able to get a sneak peek at some of what was coming, and I was joined by my good friend and, and frequent contributor to the show, Glenn Whalen from the Pretty Good Movie Ride. Dot com and passamaquati.blog.com, which he assures me will be updated soon. Um, 
Glenn, first, welcome back. Thanks. It's always great to be here. <laughs> and we're also joined by a very, very special guest, uh, often time live food reviewer and friend of the show, and uh, one of the few to make the entire 24-hour show my good friend and a man who also needs very little sleep and very little introduction, Scott Otis. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. So, again, the, the buzz coming around is all about Summer Nightastic and what's coming. And we were introduced to this earlier in the year during a, uh, a media event, and we got a chance to see firsthand some of what was coming. And the biggest news thing for a lot of people and what we got to be very hands-on with was the Main Street Electrical Parade. And I think this, for a lot of people, is what's generating the most buzz because, you know, what I said back then holds true. Everything old is new again. And, Glenn, we got a chance, and uh, I just posted a video where we got a chance to go backstage and see a lot of the floats and see the changes that they made which I know for the two of us and for a lot of people is really, really exciting. Yeah, ever since I was a child, the Main Street Electrical Parade has had a great influence on my life, from the music to everything, just great memories of it. And uh, it's obviously gone away. It's gone away twice. And I was actually at the, the first time it retired. I was there, so it was a big deal for me that I had left. To see it return, it really made me feel like I was a seven-year-old again. I normally feel like a nine-year-old, so... <laughs> I felt the same way, and the excitement that I felt when I first heard that it was coming back and that sort of roar that we heard when it was first announced really sort of hit home as we were able to see and touch the floats and see a lot of the enhancements that were made. And I've talked about this earlier in the show. You know, 23 floats are coming back for the first time since 2001. There's new floats, including Tinkerbell, uh, that has more than 25,000 lights on that alone. We also, for the first time, get the Pinocchio float. Uh, we get Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. They really plussed what was going on over uh, in Disneyland. And again, we, we talked about this, and you should really check out the video, which I'll post a link to in this week's show notes. But my question to you guys is that, look, we are of an older generation, and we're nostalgics, and we remember and we miss the Main Street Electrical Parade. So for us, this is great that we get a chance to see it again. I, my question to you is, how do you think the everyday guest, the guest that's here, you know, once every three years might react? Do you think it's going to be, wow, this, this old retro thing is cool, or hey, I really miss my spectral magic? I don't know if they're going to find it retro. There's very little uh, any more retro about it than really spectral magic. Spectral magic has the same sort of storytelling elements in it, uh, and... The, the reason I say I don't think it's that much, it's that different is the LED lighting that they added using the obviously the Tinkerbell float almost in, in its entirety, and some of the, the elements that they added to some of the old floats are more modern than what is seen on Spectrum Magic. So I don't know if they're going to look at it and feel this is an old-fashioned thing. And I think they've redone the music. Uh, it's the same music, but it's been reorchestrated and, and redesigned for a for a more modern crowd. So I don't know if it's going to feel nostalgic to them in any way. I think to a first-time viewer, they're going to realize... I think everyone is sort of somehow aware of the music, whether it would be from the uh, Disney parades or from the Joker's Wild television show from (laughs) from the 70s. So I think a lot of people are familiar with it, and it will sound familiar. And I think, like you said, too... 
the plusing with the LED lights really adds a much more modern touch and feel to it. Right. I think once they see it, it it'll just bring the the wonder of, of it all to them that they'll see all the the lights and the the swirling patterns that will be going uh, between all the different floats and the new music which is the same baroque hoedown but uh, just a different flair to it it's something that I, once they see it and hear it they're gonna like it yeah and like i said in the video i'm really looking forward to not only seeing it myself but introducing my kids to something that like you said glenn meant a lot to me yeah. growing up Another thing that's coming to the Magic Kingdom as part of Summer Nightastic is, again, something somewhat old is new again because we are getting, for the summer at least, a new fireworks show called the Summer Nightastic Fireworks Spectacular, which is going to temporarily replace Wishes. Now, the good thing is that while we do get a new show, it does include a lot of theme music from films like Pirates of the Caribbean and Cinderella and classics, but the big enhancement to this is the fact that, unlike Wishes, they're going to use the full perimeter fireworks that circle the Magic Kingdom. So it's not just going to be something that takes place behind the castle. It's going to be 25% more fireworks completely surrounding the Magic Kingdom. Obviously a new storyline, obviously new music. Um, If you've ever had a chance to see the perimeter fireworks, this is something spectacular. And this is something, too, that I think seeing the fireworks from other vantage points, not necessarily from the Magic Kingdom. So the beach of the Polynesian, taking a Wishes cruise on one of the pontoon boats or the Grand One. This is where you really get a great sense of the use of the perimeter fireworks. One of the things I thought was exciting, we actually got to speak with the the director of that new fireworks uh, celebration, Chris Oyen, and when he was talking about the perimeter fireworks, he said this is the first time we've used the perimeter in a regular non-hard ticket event or special event but what he said that was unique about it is this will be the first time we'll be using the perimeter for more than just a duplication around and it's actually going to be used differently depending on the location so it'll be part of the storytelling versus just a way to immerse you in the fireworks right I agree. Um, actually, I got a chance to to see them test out the perimeter fireworks recently when the powwow convention was in town. I was actually at the con- uh, the contemporary at the time, and so I was, I believe, up on the fifth floor, and I got to see it. And it's just amazing about how widespread all the fireworks were. It's it's so amazing that how the the whole sky is just lit up with fireworks all the way around. It's so I can imagine being inside Magic Kingdom, it's just that much better, just surrounding you. So that would be very cool. Something is screaming out, research trip to the California right. Grill to check out the fireworks from the observation deck up there. And if you guys want to join me, of course, you know, I'd be honored. Um, something else that I think, and I think to a certain degree, the fireworks are, are almost overlooked in the Magic Kingdom because of the Main Street Electrical Parade. But something else that's coming that I think a lot of guests probably don't even realize is going to happen is over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And there's two things going on there. And the first are the changes and the plussing both outside and inside the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. This is something that, because it's summer nighttastic, you're only going to see on the outside at night. And they were cleverly very vague about how they describe the new glow to the outside and new features and things to look at and maybe interact with in the queue. And I'm very curious about that because 
we saw some of these interactive queue elements being tested elsewhere in the park, wondering if this may be a place that we get a chance to see it. And we spoke to one of the designers of the the changes to the show and says, well, you know, right now the, the drops are random. Do you make them more random than they already are? How do you sort of plus the actual experience? And what he said was that it's no longer for the summer going to be a random drop sequence. There will be a pre-programmed sequence that you can experience day or night because they want to make sure every guest gets to experience it exactly the same way, whether you go day or night. Uh, so I'm very curious to see not just how the ride sequence changed, but more importantly, what's going on in the queue. Yeah, he was very, very cagey in how he was speaking about things. <laughs> he didn't want to reveal too much. But he did say that he wanted to make sure that new people seeing the Twilight Zone, the, the Hollywood Tower Hotel, for the first time would be excited. But he said, more importantly, he wanted people that had seen it many times as they were coming down uh, the street to say, wait a minute, has it always been glowing like that? So we don't really know what that means, and I guess we'll find out in a week. Right, and I, I really don't know anything about the changes, but I'm very much looking <laughs> forward to you know seeing what kind of uh, new things we'll see, whether it's in the queue or whether it's in the drop sequence or even in some of the special rooms that you you know where the doors open up and you see. Who knows? If, will there be any changes there? Spoiler alert. Hmm? See, he's got that same cagey smile like I can't. I'm giving you a complete <laughs> non-answer. Just come and see. And, and I think a lot of people are going to be very surprised because it's not getting necessarily the attention that the return of the Main Street Electrical Parade is. Something else that's going on on Hollywood Built Boulevard that I was really unaware of until we spoke to them was something new that's coming, and it's called the Rock and Glow Dance Party. That's going to take place every Tuesday and Thursday through Sunday, where there's going to be a DJ and a rock band, which is actually going to be Mulch, Sweat, and Shears. You've probably have seen them, or hopefully you've seen them, on the streets of America. That's going to uh, start three hours before park closing over on Hollywood Boulevard. It's also going to include uh, Disney characters to come in and join the dance party. Again, guys, this is going back to that whole idea of these interactive, simple experiences throughout the parks. Again, the character interaction, the bands, the music. So there's a little bit more for everybody to do other than just ride attractions. Yeah, and I think it's going to be right in front of the sorcerer's hat, right? Um, so I believe what, you know it being in such a central location, all the guests who are you know crisscrossing, going from this attraction to that that attraction, they'll all get a chance to you know experience this and and get a good feel for for the music that's going on at that time. So that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, the. What's exciting for me is the whole idea of this rock and glow dance party. Now, we, we don't know what that means at this point, but they're talking about the glow, and they, they, they hint at special lighting and uh, pyrotechnics during the show, and they always do a fun show as it is anyway, so it is something to look forward to. Yeah, and, it, and from what I'm, I'm gathering from reading the dates and the times, it sounds like it's probably going to appear on non-fantasmic nights. So for the people who miss having some sort of nighttime experience in Hollywood Studios, you now have this to look forward to. And if you get to see Fantasmic one night, this might give you reason to come back, see the Tower of Terror, and do this on another night. Uh, speaking of music, over in Epcot, there's another uh, new concert series coming this summer called The Sounds Like Summer. Again, everything old being new again, this is great because old guys like me, we can feel young again because we're, well, these are all things from my era growing up. Uh, starting 
uh, June 12th over at America Gardens Theater over in World Showcase every night through July 31st, three times a night, 5.45, 7, and 8.15. The Sounds Like Summer concert series includes tribute band concerts, again, bringing back a lot of nostalgia to the parks. So there's Staying Alive, which is a tribute to the Bee Gees. Hotel California, salute, obviously, to the Eagles. Karen Lawson has a tribute to Janet Jackson, which should be interesting. interesting. Satisfaction, obviously, the Rolling Stones. Slippery when wet, Jersey folks know it's a Bon Jovi reference. To You is a tribute to U2, and Beginnings is a tribute to Chicago. Now, when we spoke to some of the Disney people about this concert series, the one thing they were very clear about was like, look, this is not just like going to your local bar and there's a band that's just singing songs or, or a cover band. These are tribute bands that had to be approved by the original band. So it's not just a sound-alike experience. They want to really recreate the experience that you would have gotten if you saw the Bee Gees in 1979 or if you saw Bon Jovi with your stiff stuff and your Cavariccis and your parachute pants in the 80s or Janet Jackson in the, in the 90s somewhere. So I think this is going to be great because it also it spans a number of decades, so it's going to appeal to many different generations of people. Right, and I'm I'm very much looking forward to this because uh, a lot of these bands, you know, I listened to, you know, growing up. So I'm really looking forward to seeing the one. Actually, I have already seen the the Bon Jovi one, and that's it's amazing. The, the head singer for that actually looks very much like John Bon Jovi, and uh, also looking forward to seeing the one for Chicago and and the Eagles too. I know exa- I know exactly where Glenn is going to be on June 12th. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the opening of the Bee Gees show. So that's going to be a lot of fun for me. So. But there's a couple things that I think are really important to this. First of all, they do those three concerts a night, and what you may want to consider if you are going to make it for one of those is they try to vary the set a little bit. So it's not the same show all three times. So if you are a Bee Gees fan or a Bon Jovi fan, you may want to camp out. You may want to make it. Uh, you know, you you get your you go to the five o'clock show, go over to to the beer garden and enjoy something in there, and come back out, watch the next show, and watch the final show, which leads into Illuminations, because that would be very exciting. Now, if you've never taken the time to watch something at the American Gardens Theater. It's, it's quite an experience because it's got a wonderful sound system. Everybody is seated, so it doesn't, it doesn't create an environment of rowdiness where people are screaming and yelling. So it is sort of quiet, but because of that, you can hear all the instruments. You hear all the subtleties of, of the performance, and it's going to be tested whether or not they are a good <laughs> tribute band because of that. So it is important that they are approved by the band. So it is a great place to experience that and i will be there on june 12th <laughs> as will i i want to i want to see that as well because it's very different than the flower power concert series which listen if you're a look davy jones is like 106 but man he he delivers every night but that's davy jones at 106 as opposed to seeing a monkey's tribute band if they were doing it in 1960 that's the experience that they're going to bring so i'm very very curious to see what let me ask you guys your opinion. What out of all the Summer Nightastic offerings are you most looking forward to seeing, whether it's because you want to see the return of something you're familiar with or because you're curious about something that you don't know what it's really going to be? 
I'm probably most looking forward to the return of the electrical parade. It's, it's something that you know I grew up with and, and have missed for quite a while. I actually never did get a chance to see it when I went to Disneyland most recently at Disney's California Adventure. So I'm really looking forward to that return. And then, of course, the drop sequences or, or all the changes at Tower of Terror. I'm really looking forward to that, too. You say that as you wear your What Have You Done For Me Lately Janet Jackson t-shirt. What about you, Glenn? <laughs> I'm actually going to say this sounds like summer concert series. And the reason why is it provides me with several benchmark dates. I can look through, and for the next month and a half, I have a reason to go over and sit in uh, the World Showcase. The, uh, of course, the Electric Parade is going to be awesome to see again, but it's going to be one of those things where... After we've seen it, we've that's the accomplishment. Yes, we've seen it. Now we can. Next time we see it, it'll be our second time seeing it. But if I want to go see Janet Jackson or something like that, it's going to be something I can spread out over a course of a couple months. Yeah, I, I'm very curious, and I want the listeners to come by the show notes for this week. Uh, come to wdwradio.com, click on this week's podcast link, and post a comment there. Let me know what you are most looking forward to seeing, what aspect of Summer Nightastic really appeals to you, and is anyone or a combination of these things giving you reason to come back when maybe you wouldn't have? Maybe you wouldn't have planned a trip over the summer for one reason or another. Are you excited enough to see the, par- the parade? Are you curious enough about what's coming to the studios? Or, like Scott, can you not wait to hear the Janet Jackson tribute band? <laughs> Will it bring you and your family back um, t- to see that? A couple of little quick things I want to just bring you guys in on uh, as we're talking about some of the news. Uh, Disney very quietly just announced a new backstage tour. And I'm going to cover the backstage tours as a whole and individually on the show in separate segments. But this is one that I was really happy to hear about because the new tour is called Inspiration. Through Walt's Eyes, and it's a three-hour tour designed to show guests how Walt's vision translated into what you see in the parks today. So the first stop is going to take you to where Walt got started, his filmmaking influence, and you're going to see that on Sunset Boulevard here at Hollywood Studios. From there, you get to go backstage at the event and decorating department to see how some of those little details and those important aspects are translated into the creation of some of the large events that take place here. You're then going to go over, and this for a lot of people is going to be the exciting part, to the Utilidors in the Magic Kingdom. So you get a true sneak peek at the nerve center and the hub and what goes on backstage or understage, as the case may be, to see where the day-to-day operations of the Magic Kingdom happen. It's going to be offered three days a week. It's just $99. You have to be age 16 and up in order to get into the Utilidors. But the reason why I like this one, and when we talked about One Man Stream on an earlier episode of the show, I like the fact that it's grounded in Walt Disney the man and Walt Disney the vision and how we don't just talk about it sort of in the ether, that they're going to actually show you examples of it here inside the parks. (laughs) You know, it's, it's... It's incredible because there's two types of Disney fans out there. There's those of you who are listening to the show right now that that can't wait to go on Space Mountain or can't wait to get the, get on the next ride. And then there's the rest of us who can't wait to be backstage and seeing what what is going on underneath or behind things. And we get just as giddy about that. And here's a perfect opportunity to do that. 
I'm sorry, I'm actually on the phone right now with WDW Tour <laughs> signing up for, for that, so oh, I'm on hold right now. So, Yeah, this is one that I definitely want to see uh, as soon as it starts because it's going to be obviously very different than Keys to the Kingdom or Backstage Magic and, and the things that they're going to cover. And again, you know, we, we talked about how for some people, you know, Walt Disney is an, it's an, he's an icon, he's a, he's a corporate identity, he's not necessarily a person, and, and hopefully this will connect the theme park experience to Walt Disney, the person himself. Uh, we certainly couldn't talk about things going on in Walt Disney World without talking briefly about food. And just very quickly, uh, Disney recently changed their online ADR, or reservation system, at DisneyWorld.com. It's currently in beta now, but as soon as you go to the site, there have been some major and important changes. And the first thing that I noticed, because I went and checked it out before this trip, to make some ADRs is that it's much, much easier to use and incredibly much faster than it was before. Uh, you can search for restaurants by location. You can search by restaurants that have, what restaurants have availability, what restaurants don't have availability. So I chose Disney's Hollywood Studios at a certain time and it said, okay, you can get into Brown Derby, Mama Melrose's, but Hollywood and Vine and Sci-Fi Dining were booked up. And here are some of the options that you have time-wise around the time that you were looking for. So you don't have to sit there and go the way you did before and browse restaurants by restaurant. And I, and I think that there's additional changes that are coming. Um, something that I know people who commented on, on the Disney blog would like to see is being able to connect the ADRs you make online directly to your hotel reservation so you can kind of see everything uh, all in one spot. What you can do is you can call up your existing reservations if you have the confirmation number. Um, but the extensive ability to check uh, all of your reservations in one place and check the availability of certain restaurants and times uh, is really the benefit to the system. So when I was looking for making reservations for us for Brown Derby today, I wanted 5 o'clock. I said, well, hey, there's nothing at 5. Here's what is available at 5. Brown Derby's not, but do you want one at 4.30 or do you want one at 6.15? We took the 4.30 one, and I didn't have to sort of go through multiple steps. It came right there on, on the first screen. Have you guys ever used the ADR system online? I have not, no. No, I actually have not. I've only done it over the phone. So, and it sounds like, it sounds more like we have now access to what we would be speaking to somebody else accessing. It sounds like something that the uh, cast members have access to. It, it took me five minutes to make a reservation, whereas earlier it might have taken me two or three times as much. So, again, I'll put the link uh, on, the, on the website. But you can go to DisneyWorld.com to make your changes. And... Finally, the last bit of news is something interesting that came up on the official Disney Parks blog uh, last week, which was a change. And I keep using this euphemism of of everything old is new again. Well, the change that's taking place is in name alone. And it's, interestingly enough, to the oldest attraction in Walt Disney World. And and by, by oldest, I mean oldest as in when it was built. And that's the antique carousel built in 1917 in the Magic Kingdom's Fantasyland, Cinderella's Golden Carousel is getting a name change on June 1st. And it's going to be called, <clears throat> exactly, Prince Charming Regal Carousel. Again, there, there was this sort of came out of left field for a lot of people, but Disney does explain the fact that it's going to help tell the story of Cinderella, the story that inspired the carousel. Now, here's the official story behind it. And it says, following their fairy tale romance and happily ever after wedding, 
Cinderella and Prince Charming took up residence in Cinderella's castle. With peace throughout the kingdom, Prince Charming had time to practice for jousting tournaments. In the countryside near the castle, he built a training device of carved horses on which he could practice the art of ring spearing, a tournament event in which a knight rides his horse full speed, lands in hand, towards a small ring hanging from a tree limb with the object of spearing the ring. This event was known by various names throughout the land, but generally came to be called Carousel. The Carousel device drew the attention of the villagers, who wanted to take a turn on the amazing spinning contraption. So Prince Charming had a second Carousel constructed closer to the castle, where everyone could take a spin on the wondrous invention. So instead of working a knight's training device, the new Carousel is more befitting its regal location in the castle courtyard. Its rustic training horses were placed with ornately decorated prancing steeds adorned with golden helmets and shields, flower garlands, feathers, and other festoons. Prince Charming invites one and all to test their horsemanship skills and to enjoy their own happy ending. Now, I bring this up for a couple reasons. One, because it's going to be interesting to see on June 1st when this name change happens, but the Disney Parks blog accepts guest comments, which I think is great because they get a lot of guest feedback. And at the time that, that we're recording this, there was about 75 comments. It's, suffice it to say that a majority of those comments were not very positive about the name change. They didn't understand it. They didn't understand the reasoning behind it. They didn't understand the, the nomenclature of the Prince Charming Regal Carousel. When I talked to you guys about this, what was your first reaction? Um, I would say confusion. I, you know, I had been used to Cinderella's you know, carousel for so long, so I, this was something that was just new. I didn't really understand it. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it. I just didn't, it would just did come out of left field, so. Yeah, it, it did. I'm very curious about it because it, it doesn't seem to have a, a I w- I'm really wondering what the logic is uh, that has brought it up. I'm not going to be totally against it because maybe they do have something coming down the pike that's going to make this make sense as they roll out their new Fantasyland. But but um, on a totally unrelated note, I am going to be uh, renaming my green Ford Escort to Red Ferrari. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be uh, I'm going to be you'll be seeing me cruising around in that. So. Well, you're going to sell a lot more Glen Whelan plushes yeah, yeah. In, inside the Red Ferrari. I, I mean. And I think you're right. Um, both of you are right. I, the name change confused me. It wasn't written in the possessive, uh, associating Prince Charming with the carousel that has such a long history even before it came to the Magic Kingdom. I do think that, and, and look, I, I'm like John Locke, I'm a man of faith, and I have faith in the fact that as the Fantasyland expansion happens, there's going to be a way that this is tied into a story that's going to extend beyond the carousel itself into what's coming in the expansion that's opening in 2012 and 2013. Um, there's been discussion as to whether, well, is it going to add, is it going to be more attractive to boys? Because now boys have something in this fairy tale princess arena that has a, a prince associated with it instead of just all the princesses. Does that make sense to you? Do you think it's going to make boys ride it more than they would have before? That very well might be their thought process, but I don't think that there will be any change into the you know how kids and, and adults will be attracted to that attraction. So I, I think everyone will still want to ride it, it being a carousel. Yeah, I think that the young boys that would be riding at that, that age, they'd be more interested in just 
having a bunch of soil and pouring water and watching worms come out. <laughs> so uh, I'm not sure if the na- renaming it after a guy is going to make it a guy uh, for for young boys. Yeah, and I think and I think that's what makes it so curious. I think that's what brought about such a response on the Disney Parks blog of how many people felt compelled to share their comments about it. Yeah, well, actually, maybe uh, the, in, in the little blurb you were reading about, they referred to the ring, to the grabbing grabbing for the ring again. Maybe they're going to be working that in somehow? And if so, that you know, how else do you draw attention to a change you've made to the carousel than with something like a change in the name or something like that? Because it... Then again, it might just be some silly marketing idea. But if they're gonna actually make it that you are interacting with a with a spinning ring or something like that, maybe that's a, a good way to draw attention to it. Is the timing uh, curious to you? I mean, the fact just sort of June first. I mean, has nothing really to do with Summer Nightastic and the expansion of Fantasyland, other than the construction that's going on now is literally years away. So the name change, again, just curious time-wise. I, I'm very. I just really don't know. I maybe they were just trying to throw this into the summer night tastic uh, promotion, or you know they are getting ready to change uh, Fantasyland. So who knows? I I almost imagine that they were aware that there was going to be some uh, splashback from this, and and maybe they're trying to get it out of the way so it's not a <laughs> wart on Fantasyland rollout. Maybe they had to do this for some reason. Who knows? We'll never know. Until we'll Scott see. until Scott reveals what he knows, we won't know. Right, and I think you're right. I think this is, is most likely part uh, of a larger, grander plan that's going to tie in everything that's going on in Fantasyland. But I, again, I would love to hear listener and reader responses to this as well, whether you post on the official Disney Parks blog or, or whether you share your comments. Um, on www.radio.com or Facebook, on Twitter, wherever it is, uh, and curious to see what, if any other changes happen when June 1st rolls around. Are there, I haven't seen any construction walls up that they're making any sort of major wholesale changes to it, but who knows? Scott's given the, huh, I don't know, meh face, so we'll I see. Not know, but I might. Who knows? Again, the non answer from Scott Otis. Why do we let him sit here? <laughs> oh, you bought the carrot cake cookies, that's why. All right. So that, um, that is the news pretty much for this week. Again, uh, next week begins Summer Nightastic. It also brings about the name change. So lots of exciting stuff going on. We'll definitely have to have you guys come back on, talk about some of the Summer Nightastic experiences after we've had a chance to, uh, to see them all. I'm looking forward to it right after the Bee Gees. Give me a, come on, give me a little staying alive. <laughs> As part of Rhythm Nation, I'm really excited for Janet Jackson. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. And if you have any news that you want to share or you want to comment on anything, again, go to the website or you can email me directly at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you get a chance to see any of the Summer Nightastic events, you want to call in from Walt Disney World, share your reaction right from the park, you can call the vo- voicemail toll-free 888-703-2171. So I'm here at Star Wars Weekends 2010 with a very, very special guest. She is not just a celebrity host, 
She's also the voice of Ahsoka Tano in the Clone Wars series. She's a Disney fan. She's a Star Wars fan. She's Ashley Eckstein, my special guest. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Like I said, this is a big thrill because, first and foremost, I'm a fan. I'm an enthusiast. I'm a Star Wars fan since, you know, here. And I've been a Disney fan equally as much. Let's talk first about you and the Clone Wars. Because I have a lot to talk to you about today. Because I know know that you're a fan as well. Talk to me about the role of Ahsoka Tano and how you got to be a part of the Star Wars franchise. Oh, goodness. Well, I first auditioned for the Clone Wars just like any other audition. I got a call from my agent, and they said, um, you know, you have an audition for the new Star Wars cartoon. I didn't even know it was about the Clone Wars yet. And um, I was going in to audition for Padme, and, you know, I told my agent it was funny because I was was trying to match Padme's voice, and I said, you know, I just really don't think I sound like Padme, but I'll go in and give it a shot. Well, sure enough, very first line out of my mouth, um, they stopped me and they said, no, we're sorry, you sound too young. You know, to be Padme, and I was like, "Darn it, I knew it!" And then they go, "But we have this new role," um, and that's all they told me. They said, "It's a young girl. Would you mind reading for that?" And I was like, "Okay, sure." You know, and um, the lines were very generic. I mean, it had nothing to do with the character of Ahsoka. And I ended up getting a call back, and um, I, you know, I didn't even think my callback went that well, to be honest with you. And about a month later, I found out I got the part. But still, I didn't know what part I got. I just knew I'm this new girl. You know, she's about 14 years old. That's all I knew. So I show up on my first day of work, and they tell me, like, who I'm playing. And I'm kind of sitting in my chair like, how did this happen? How how am I here? What What's going on? And and they're like, oh, and on top of it, we just, you know, want you to use your own voice and, and you know, help us give input on, on who this girl is. So it really was kind of like a dream come true. I pinched myself several times that day. Well, that's the thing. You know, anybody who's a Star Wars fan, the opportunity to be a part of it. And the great thing for you has got to be multiple fold. Number one, you get to use your own voice, which is probably nice and easy. And number two, I'm sure that when fans, especially young girls, come up to you and get a chance to meet you at events like this, it's got to be great because if you close your eyes and listen to you speak, you are Ahsoka Tano. Oh, yeah. Always in time to save your life, Sky Guy. <laughs> um, you know, to me, it is a dream come true. Because actually, and this is kind of a Disney connection, um, when I was cast as Muffy on That So Raven, I, I did the show off and on for four years. And I just fell in love with children's programming. I realized the impact that you can have on a child's life by doing something, you know, positive programming for kids. And, and I really tried to seek out more family programming, positive programming programming for kids and so when I was cast as Ahsoka it was just it was like I said the dream role because you know she she just proves that girls can kick butt too you know in fact I mean I don't even think that Ahsoka you know she doesn't even think about the fact that she's a girl she just thinks that she's the best Padawan for the job it doesn't matter whether she's a girl or whether you know she you know if it's it's no difference between a boy or a girl she's just the right person for the job and she's out to prove that And the great thing about the character is just that. You know, you're not just another Jedi, as if being a Jedi in itself would be a bad thing. But you really are a role model for girls that see Star Wars and see the original trilogy and say, you know, there there are no female Jedi. Now you represent that and give them, and I see the girls 
who are lining up to meet Ahsoka here in the parks and getting their lightsabers because it's okay to be a girl and cool and be a Jedi. Oh, yeah. That's 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 the cool thing about our show. I mean, there were so many female Star Wars fans even before the Clone Wars, but now there's even more. I mean, I, I found a statistic where it says almost 50% of all Star Wars fans are women and girls. And especially with our show... A ton of young girls. I mean, I can't tell you my my line here um, at the autograph booth is at least 50-50, you know, guys, girls, and a ton of little girls. And I love to see the little girls come dressed up as Ahsoka. I love to hear their stories about how they play Star Wars with their brother. And Because that was me. I was a huge tomboy growing up. I mean, I love dresses and makeup and stuff now, but I was not that way growing up. I mean, I wore my hat backwards. I, you know, I was the only girl on the baseball team. And so... I wish I would have had a character like Ahsoka to look up to when I was young. And I can see because the little girls and their dads lose their minds when you come down in Celebrity Motorcade. You know, they may not know you by face, but what you represent to them means so much to these little kids. You know, it is. And like I said, if I can, you know, just go back to something that's positive for kids and for families. I mean, The Clone Wars is something that the entire family can sit down together and watch and all enjoy. I mean, there's something for the parents. There's something for the kids. And, you know... I feel that that's kind of rare nowadays. I mean, Disney does a fantastic job at creating family programming, but um, there's not too many options nowadays where the whole family can sit down and enjoy something together. And, you know, one thing I like about our episodes is at the beginning of every episode is what we call the Jedi fortune cookie. And um, the whole episode is about that fortune cookie, and it's something I think as a family, after the episode is over, you can talk about and say, okay, well, what did that mean? What happened in the episode, and what did they mean by that? So, um it's cool, and it's, it's nice that families can have that family bonding experience together. And that's why the marriage of Disney and Star Wars just makes such perfect sense, because they are that family-friendly kind of thing, and Star Wars weekends you know, are, are the perfect event. This is your second year being a celebrity host, and for you, this is also kind of a bit of a homecoming for you as well. Yes, yes. Well, I'm a huge, huge Disney fan. I guess you could say I, I grew up Disney because my dad worked for Disney. He worked for Disney for over 15 years in um, the food purchasing department. He um, helped buy all of those turkey legs that you see everyone eating. So um, I grew up from the time I was two until I was 18 going to Disney. I mean, I, I oh my gosh, I went to tapings of the Mickey Mouse Club. I, um, I just grew up here. And this was actually... Where where I had my very first job on my 16th birthday. I went and filled out my application literally on my birthday uh, to work for Disney and Hollywood Studios was actually my park. And so this really is like coming home for me. It's, it's awesome. Well, I saw it as you started to describe Disney. You got that very genuine, you know, look in your eyes and that sparkle and that smile because it is, it's, it's so genuine that you do love this place and you love this park. So tell me, what was your first role here as a cast member at the studios? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I did a variety of different things, but a favorite thing of mine was I was a cheerleader in the Hercules Parade. <laughs> so that was fun. But uh, to me, you know, um, oh, my gosh, there's so many different things. But, uh, you know, I would say a lot, of, a lot of actresses, you know, they want to go win an Oscar. And I always just wanted to be on the Disney Channel. <laughs> 
<laughs> so when I moved to LA and I was cast as Muffy on That So Raven, it was just like a dream come true because I'm like, I am now going to be on the Disney Channel. I mean, I have my t-shirt from when I was in first grade. My neighbor was a cameraman for the Mickey Mouse Club and he got me a t-shirt with every single cast member from the Mickey Mouse Club autographed and I still have it to this day. I mean, I'm like I said, I'm a huge <laughs> Disney fan. She's a Disney fan. She's a Star Wars fan. She's a former cast member. But it goes beyond that because even as an adult, you are still a Disney fan and you have a lot of Disney connections as well as Star Wars, too. Let's talk about Disney first because, if I'm correct, you're a huge Alice in Wonderland fan. So much so you have the Alice room in your house. Yes. Well, my husband is so kind to indulge in my collection. Uh, You know, first of all, it even goes back a little further. My husband grew up in Central Florida as well. He was born and raised in Sanford, Florida. And uh, him and his family, they're huge Disney fans. And so uh, when we got engaged, I said, actually, we got engaged here at Disney at the Grand Floridian Resort. Um, And I I said, okay, I really want our wedding reception at Disney. So uh, our wedding reception was at the Yacht and Beach Club. My bridal uh, luncheon was an Alice in Wonderland tea party. And uh, I just have a huge Alice in Wonderland collection. enough for an entire room. I've been collecting since I was a little girl. I mean, I have the old Alice in Wonderland dress from when I was like four. And uh, people just started to give me Alice in Wonderland stuff. And as I got older, I I appreciated how much stuff I had. And I realized, okay, this is a collection, you know? And so I started to collect stuff myself. And I've got, I mean, my formal dining room set is Alice in Wonderland. Um, I mean, the, you know, the actual dish set. Instead of getting fine china, I got Alice in Wonderland china. Um, So I just, I I love it. And, uh, you know, hopefully one day I can show you guys my collection. It's kind of crazy. I I guarantee people want to see your collection. Guys, she is married to a professional baseball player, David Eckstein, so you can see her collection, but she is off the market. So, (laughs) that being said... Again, he did put he did put the ring in a Cheshire cat purse, though. <laughs> there's there's a lot of love for number twenty two, which, by the way, tell us there's a there's a twenty two. I mean, everything for you has sort of a connection that goes somewhere. Yes, it does. Well, and it um, kind of comes back to my fourth grade teacher here from Orlando, Florida. Back in fourth grade, my fourth grade teacher told me he said something special will happen on your golden birthday. Ooh. A fly there. And he said, um, you know, when you turn 10 on the 10th or 22 on the 22nd. And my birthday is September 22nd. And so years later, I moved to L.A. and uh, I went to an Angels game. And uh, I didn't have an Angels shirt to wear. And my friend bought me, my now husband, uh, his shirt, which is a David Eckstein shirt, number 22. And um, turns out we have some mutual friends from Florida that have been trying to set us up. And um, a month after the game, I needed a date to an event. And uh, my friends were like, okay, Ashley, we know how Hollywood works. You should have your publicist call the Angels and have David be your date to the you know, premiere uh, to the event. And I, I mean, it was more just to get them off my back because they were like, you need to meet them. And I, I'm not one of those girls that, you know, chases you know, after guys, especially athletes. So I was just like, oh gosh, you know, but finally I was talking to my publicist and I was like, okay, my friends say I need to meet this guy. We have a lot in common. We're both from Orlando. And, um, sure enough, she emails the angels. The very next day she gets an email back and, uh, it says, okay, he won't agree to go to the premiere because he's not really the Hollywood type yet, but he'll meet her. Well, I, um, this was a Saturday or a Friday. The premiere was on Thursday and, um, 
you know, so he calls me the next day on Saturday, and he says, okay, well, I got to meet you before the premiere, because I'm not sure if I want to go to this premiere. Well, I was working that week. The only day I had off was Monday, and... Um, Monday happened to be September 22nd, my 22nd birthday, and he was number 22. So I met my husband on my golden birthday, and um, we we hit it off, and we started dating from there. And then I called my fourth grade teacher, and I was like, you'll never guess. I met my husband on my golden birthday, and you were right. The new Hollywood power couple, you know, are the Ecksteins, Uh, and I think that's great. And, again, you've continued to sort of carry forward your love and your passion for Disney, not just in your personal life, but in your business life. Same thing for Star Wars. Even beyond Star Wars weekends, you're again extending that reach to girls and women. Tell us what else you're doing the Ashley Eckstein way for girls. Yes. Well, you know, a couple years ago when I was cast as Ahsoka, I I was always a Star Wars fan, but I became an even bigger Star Wars fan once I started working on the show. And naturally, I went to the internet. I started searching stores for female Star Wars merchandise, and I couldn't really find any. I mean, it was didn't really exist and it, it was puzzling to me because I would go to conventions and I would see just tons of female fans and so um, I started doing my research and I found out that almost half of all Star Wars fans are women and 80% of the consumer market is women and you're not giving us anything to buy. What is not adding up there? The numbers are not adding up. So um, I started, uh, you know, I started talking to the amazing people at Lucasfilm. And um, I started a new company called Her Universe. And uh, you can go to heruniverse.com. And um, it, what it is is it's a merchandise company for female sci-fi fans. And our first license is Star Wars. So we're, we have apparel, uh, jewelry, accessories, eventually cosmetics like lightsaber lip gloss. And, um, but right now, we're um, launching our online store next month, uh, roughly looking around like June 21st. And um, it, you can go on www.heruniverse.com uh, and buy. We'll have an online store. We're going to have T-shirts uh, coming in July. We're going to have some hats. We're going to have some jewelry. Uh, we're going to have some sweatshirts. And then we're going to be on sale at all the conventions. We're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con. We're going to be at Celebration 5 here in Orlando. We're going to have a huge booth, uh, hopefully even a fashion show. It's gonna, We're going to have some fun stuff. So, you know, this is just the beginning. I hope the sky's the limit. I mean, I think, I think there's so many things you can do for female, you know, sci-fi fans and Star Wars fans, and so maybe make Ahsoka's boots, you never know. <laughs> That's great. And and now coming to Star Wars Weekends in Walt Disney World, this is your second year as a celebrity host, hostess. Yeah. Um, you know, you're now, obviously I'm sure you knew the draw of, of Disney and the draw of Star Wars as a fan. What's it like for you to be on the opposite side of the rope now and you are the celebrity and you get a chance to have people running up and meeting you. Oh, it's it's just so crazy because, you know, um, I, I come back to Disney throughout the year just as a, as a guest and, um, you know, I... I nobody notices me and you know I just go on the rides just like anybody else but during Star Wars weekends this is such an amazing event for fans and all the fans are here and I love meeting the fans and um, so it is kind of surreal to be on the other side but um, you know what what's nice about it is it again it's given me a chance to meet all the fans but also you know for her universe um, I'm asking the fans what they want. I mean, I was planning a, a necklace, and I literally changed the design at the last minute uh, to change it to a Rebel Alliance symbol necklace because that's what all the girls said they wanted. I mean, I asked the girls, 
excuse me, sorry. I asked the girls, go to my blog on my website, go to my Facebook page, go to Twitter. Um, all of our links are on heruniverse.com. And s- tell me your suggestions. Tell me what you want. I mean, I, I want to give the fans what they've been waiting for. And so this event is a chance for me to interact with the fans, answer their questions about the series. I mean, I can't talk about season three, but, um, I, you know, I can answer their questions about Ahsoka. And it's, it's just a great event. And that's the nice thing is you get to interact with and engage your fans. And I see and I've watched you and I see you taking the time and talking to them and listening to what they have to say. And the fact that you take suggestions for the things that you're doing, I think it's just great because it gives them the feeling that they have a part in in things that they really, really enjoy. Well, you know, years ago I I had a favorite band and I went to an autograph signing of theirs. And... um, and it wasn't their fault. There was just so many people there. But we waited in line for like an hour. And, and then they signed my picture. And they didn't even look up at, up at me. And it, it was like they kept their head down the whole time and just said, okay, next, next, next. And I, I just left thinking like, oh, my gosh, I just wanted to like have a quick hello, like just an exchange. And I remember that feeling when I walked away and I never, ever want anybody to feel that way when they walk away from my table. Like I want to meet each and every person and, and I'm just so thankful that, that they're here. I mean, for our autograph line, I found out people are sleeping overnight. And to me, like, that's just, that's so amazing. And if they're willing to sleep overnight to meet me, you can have all my time. I mean, I'd love to chat with you, answer your questions. And so I'm just so thankful everyone's here. And I think that's great. And I, like I said, I see that you give them your complete attention and you, and you look at their and you spend as much time with them as they'll give you. And listen, you're out there in the 112 degree, 99% humidity uh, doing yeah. your thing. So we as fans really appreciate that fact that we're able to get to that one-on-one time with you even if it means sleeping out outside the studios all night uh well i used to be an indian princess for the ymca so i love camping (laughs) i don't know i i can't say i've ever camped out you know at the theme park but um i just appreciate everyone doing that and it's like i said it's a it's a homecoming for you because you're coming back to the studios i have to ask you the requisite questions because i think that you're a fan first you got to give me your favorite attraction and more importantly ashley you got to tell me your favorite food on property. Oh, I've got all the answers. Almost oh, too many. <laughs> you know, actually, and it's it's funny as a, and this goes way back to when I was a kid. My favorite part of, of if you say horizons, I might just reach over and hug you. Oh, uh, what is it? Veggie, veggie, fruit, fruit. Oh my god! <laughs> I love veggie, oh. veggie, fruit, fruit. Um, <laughs> no, actually, my favorite part is the countries. Honestly. Okay. Um, I always did. My mom, uh, every now and then, I've, I've, there's four of us siblings, and she would, she would take us out of school for a day, and um, each individually, and we'd have our own special day with her, and she would take us around the world, and we'd get our passport, of course, and um, we'd go to each country, and, uh, and, and I, for me, it was always the candy tour. I loved getting a piece of candy from every country, but my favorite, I have to say, are the kakigoris in Japan, the snow cones. I love the kakigoris. Um, however, I have to say probably my all-time favorite fruit at Disney is the churro carts, um, or the churros. And uh, I actually, I love them so much. I had a churro cart inside my wedding reception 
at the Outen Beach Club. I, I told them, I said, can you please get a churro cart from the park and bring it in? And then my husband, he loves the Mickey Mouse ice cream sandwiches. So we had ice cream carts in the wedding reception. So that's probably my favorite food. Third would have to be a Dole Whip. But Hearts are breaking around the world, by the way. <laughs> but, you know, and then I, but in terms of a ride, um, you know, I love Alice in Wonderland, but the spinning, I can't say it's my favorite. I think it's always been Big Thunder Mountain. I love Thunder Mountain. So that's probably my favorite ride, but. Ashley Eckstein, Ahsoka Tano, Star Wars fan, Star Wars entrepreneur, Disney fan, former cast member. I think I have something else to add to your list of credentials. The perfect woman. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for taking your time. And can I have that hug? Oh, my gosh, of course. I'm a hugger, so. (laughs) And she's a hugger. Uh, I'm speechless. I am without speech. Uh, Ashley Eckstein, thank you so much for taking the time with me. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, my gosh. And, And thank you for taking the time with all the fans and the guests that come out here to see you. Oh, not a problem. Anytime. Have a magical day. Awesome. She's awesome. Best interview ever. Best interview ever. time to announce the winner of our last Walt Disney World Trivia Contest. Two weeks ago, I asked you to do something a little bit different because it wasn't just a contest testing your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or trivia or even lyrics from songs. No, this contest was something a little bit different because it was a game of threes. Because what I was looking for were things that were kind of the last piece of a puzzle that had three parts. I gave you a list of 10 pairs of items and I asked you to identify what the third missing item was. So, for example, if I gave you Huey and Dewey, the answer would be Louie. They were Donald's three nephews. Or if I said Rock and Roller, Coaster, and Beauty and the Beast, I'd be looking for Tower of Terror, the third attraction on Sunset Boulevard and the studios. So let's go ahead. Let's go back over the clues and the correct answers And then I'll announce the winner. Number one, I gave you Bunny. I gave you Bubbles. And I was looking for Beulah. They are the sunbonnets that perform all the guys that turn me on, turn me down over at the Country Bear Jamboree. Number two, I gave you Dorothy and Dinah. So, of course, I'd be looking for Max because Debbie was sick. So the union sent him. He, of course, was from the Muppet Vision 3D pre-show. Number three, I gave you the ranchos, the cabanas, and I was looking for the casitas. Those are the three types of villages over at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. Number four, I gave you Melvin, I gave you Buff, and pretty much all of you gave me Max. He is the third talking head in the Country Bear Jamboree. Number five, movies, music, and of course, sports 
is the third of Disney's all-star resorts. Number six, we moved over to attractions, where I gave you the Hall of Presidents, the Liberty Square Riverboat, and I was looking for the Haunted Mansion, the third attraction in Liberty Square. Staying with attractions, this one was tricky for some of you because I gave you Dumbo and Aladdin, and what I was looking for was Triceratops Spin. Now, those are three spinning attractions that you control, all of which go counterclockwise. Now, some of you gave me Astro Orbiter. That one goes clockwise. It doesn't go counterclockwise. A few of you also gave me Cinderella's Golden Carousel, but that's not the same type of attraction, and you also don't control it. So the three attractions that are sort of the spinning around the center spindle that you can control and go counterclockwise are Dumbo, Aladdin, and Triceratops Spin. Number eight, I gave you the American Adventure, the Liberty Square Riverboat, and the thing that connected those two, and the third answer, which was Tom Sawyer Island, was a place that you could find Mark Twain or Samuel Clemens. Some sort of reference to those, obviously, uh, on the Liberty Square Riverboat, Sam Mark Twain is your narrator on Tom Sawyer Island. You've got the connection there. And he, of course, can be found in the American Adventure as one of the hosts. Number nine. Uh, this one, I gave you the contemporary. I gave you the Polynesian. Most of you gave me the Grand Floridian, although I was looking for Fort Wilderness. Those were the first three resorts on property. But before you yell at me, because so many of you put the Grand Floridian as your answer, I would have taken that one. I did accept the Grand Floridian or Fort Wilderness because they all could, you know, fit as well as one of the answers. So those three would have been the monorail resorts. I was looking for the first three resorts on property. So Fort Wilderness or the Grand Floridian counted. So you were not out of the uh, out of the running if you put down Grand Floridian. Finally, I gave you Asian and Venetian. I was sticking with resorts here because I was looking for Persian. Those were the three resorts that were never built on Bay Lake and the Seven Seas Lagoon. So those are your 10 uh, clues and the correct answers. Lots and lots of entries uh, for this one. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one, had fun doing it, maybe liked something a little bit different, really tested uh, your your puzzle solving skills as opposed to just your knowledge of trivia or your googling ability everybody did a great great job and the prize for this week i told you was a one-year subscription to celebrations magazine and this week's winner is greg letts so greg congratulations please email me your address i'll get your subscription started right away and congratulations to all of you who did so, so very well in this contest. Stay tuned for another contest coming soon. And again, thanks so much for playing. That is going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for tuning in again this week. Thanks also to Glenn and Scott and especially my very special guest, Ashley Eckstein. I'll put links to all of her sites in this week's show notes, as well as links to more information 
about how you can see her over at Star Wars Weekends. By the way, I'll also have much more to come from Star Wars Weekends, including new videos. Yes, one that includes Ashley. Stay tuned to iTunes as well as to Twitter and to Facebook when they're released. Best way to get updates, follow me on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Lumangelo. And join over on Facebook. The page is facebook.com slash WDW Radio. Speaking of videos, I also have, as I mentioned in this week's news, a video of the Main Street Electrical Parade, including backstage access, a tour, interviews, and so much more. Big thanks go out to Glenn Whalen for shooting, directing, producing this fun look at an old friend. You'll find the video in your iTunes feed or in the video section at WDWRadio.com. There you'll also find later latest photos from the gallery, hot topics in our forums, where you can talk about anything Disney and start your own discussions there. On the site, you can also purchase signed copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, as well as instantly downloadable or CDs of my audio guides to Walt Disney World. I have Main Street USA, Adventureland, and Fantasyland out now. I'm working on completing the entire Magic Kingdom Park and then moving to the rest of the parks and resorts. Again, you can order those directly from the website at wdwradio.com. You know I love hearing from you, so if you have a question or a comment or a question you want me to answer on the show, you can email me anytime at lou at wdwradio.com. Better yet, I love hearing from you and playing your voicemails. Feel free to call the toll-free voicemail line anytime at 888-703-2171. I'd also love to hear your comments about this or any other show or any of the blog posts. So please come by, post your comment on this week's show notes or any of the daily posts on the WDW Radio blog. And beyond just the show and the videos and the blogs, there's a lot more to explore over at WDWRadio.com, including links to everything that we discussed on this week's show, the social networking site, WDW Radio Live. You can sign up for our free email newsletter. You can one-click and download our new iPhone or iPad WDW Radio app. It is fun. It's free. It gives you easy, instant access to all the information from the site, including the posts, the podcast, the videos, and so, so much more. Again, you'll find a link to that right on the right-hand side of the homepage at WDWRadio.com. There you'll also find a link to Celebrations Magazine. Uh, Issue 12 is on its way and should be in your mailbox soon. If you haven't subscribed or want to order back issues, you can go to CelebrationsPress.com. We're also always looking for contributors, whether it's a letter to the editor or if you have an article idea that you want to share, come on by the site, email us, let us know. I have some details about upcoming meets of the month in Walt Disney World as well as as other events coming throughout the year. But before I do, I have got to give all of you that joined me last weekend either in Walt Disney World at the parks or if you were in the box watching at WDW Radio Live, everyone who joined me, whether it was for five minutes, five hours, or all 24 of the live broadcasts that I did from Walt Disney World, Thank you so, so very much for supporting something that was so much fun and such an adventure for me to do and for everybody. And there was a lot of you that were with me from 10 a.m. on Saturday morning until 10 a.m. 
on Sunday morning and beyond. My sincerest gratitude and thanks to all of you. It was a lot, a lot of fun being able to broadcast right from the parks and the beach club and illuminations and everything else that we did throughout the 24 hours. I will talk more about it on an upcoming show, but I wanted to first give you all my sincerest thanks for supporting uh, the, the effort that all of us and all of you guys put in to making that so much fun and such a successful event. So thank you, thank you, thanks all of you. Coming up next, Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World is going to be Saturday, June 12th. It's going to be in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, that weekend is the Expedition Everest Challenge, so I know a lot of you will be down there for that. Thought we would start off early in the Magic Kingdom. So 11 a.m. in the outside seating area of Pinocchio's Village House. Please come by. Say hi. Anyone is welcome to attend. I hope you come, whether, for again, for five minutes or as long as you like. We can have some lunch. We can hang out. Maybe even hit a ride afterwards. Who knows? It's very, very casual. No need to RSVP. Although I will post in the forums at WDWRadio.com as well as on the event page over in Facebook. So if you are interested in coming, please come by and just let us know on either of those locations. I'll, of course, link to those in this week's show notes, or you can just go to meetofthemonth.com for details. Upcoming events, including Meet of the Month for the remainder of the summer and the remainder of the year. More details coming soon as I get those available. But don't forget, in August is the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet. That's pnwmousemeet.com. That's Saturday, August 14th, up in Linwood, Washington. I'll be back for the second year of this event. Really, really a lot of fun. So if you are up in the Pacific Northwest, please come by. And uh, there's so much going on there from show and sale and celebrities and Bob Gurr and Margaret Carey. A lot, a lot of fun. Really a good weekend. In September, we're looking to do something for Destination D, the D23 event in Disneyland the weekends of September 24th and 25th. Stay tuned for more details about that. October 8th through the 12th is Congaloosh, the event celebrating the legacy of the Adventurers Club. There's going to be a dinner and a show by the Adventurers Club cast members as the Adventurers Club characters on stage after hours, after Disney's Hollywood Studios closes at the Indiana Jones Epic Stunt Spectacular where they will put on a show after dinner that no one has ever seen before. Before that, Jim Corcus, you've heard him on the show, you've read his work in Celebrations Magazine, he will be doing a private tour of the great movie ride over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. He'll be giving another tour over the weekend as well. The day after, there's going to be a show and sale. There's going to be a Q&A with the Adventures Club cast. I'm going to give a tour of the Jungle Cruise Lots of surprises, lots, lots more. Go by congaloosh.org. I'll put the link in this week's show notes. Come join the WDW Radio Tribe and hope that you can come to what's going to be a very fun, very special event. And of course, don't forget, February 27th, 2011, we are counting down the days until we get on board the all-new Disney Dream as part of the WDW Radio Cruise. All inside cabins, as of this point, have been sold out, not just for our group, but for the entire ship. So if you are thinking about coming, I suggest that you book now. You have, there is, you can cancel with no penalty up until about, I think it's uh, 90 days or so, 60 days before the sailing date. So you do have time. We are working on announcing some special events and some gatherings 
For more information, come by www.radiocruise.com. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including MEI and Mouse Fan Travel, and big thanks for Becky for joining me on the show last week, as well as providing the room over at the Beach Club for us. If you're thinking of renting a vacation home on your next trip to Walt Disney World, I have used and love the all-star vacation homes. They have a private pool, spa, kitchens, game rooms, multiple master bedrooms, lots more really makes for an enjoyable trip to Walt Disney World. You'll find a link to all-star vacation homes and mouse fan travel right on the homepage of WDWRadio.com. Again, thanks to all of you for all of your support during the live show, for listening each week, for the emails, the Facebook and the forum posts, and so, so much more. It means so much to me. I I cannot tell you. So, as always, if you like the show, please keep doing what you're doing and help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening to and hopefully enjoying the show. Share it on Facebook and please review the show and the app over in iTunes. And of course, my friends, remember more than ever to keep moving forward and take that first step towards following your dream and pursuing your passion. And thank you so much for taking the time and tuning in. So until next week, see ya. Hey, Lou, it's Mike Disfanatic Damari from the sunny uh, Edison, New Jersey, uh, which misses Lou Mangiello. Um, I know it's been a very long time since I've called in, but uh, love every one of your shows. And it's funny because when I'm listening to your shows, there's like a million things I want to call in and say, but of course I just you know never get the chance to. But I just had to uh, make a, a, a fantastic comment about uh, the, uh, the show, um, I guess last week's show about the, uh, the Muppets. And it was funny because just the week before, uh, my wife and I and a bunch of friends, we had this very big conversation about hoping that they start bringing the Muppets, uh, um, you know, back into the studios, and hopefully we'll see, um, you know, a nice dark ride, and I, and I remember, oh, I remember way back just, like, hearing and reading about what was going to be coming, and, and being so excited, and, and of course, the, you know, unfortunate passing of, uh, of Jim Henson, uh, you know, well, the rest is history, but uh, hopefully uh, we'll start seeing something like that, and, and hopefully... Um, the Disney management knows what we all want. I mean, because I think that's something that everybody would love to see. You know, the ride, and, and in fact, I had heard about the restaurant, but it was great to hear all the information because I just didn't know that, and I think most people didn't know that. And uh, keep doing what you're doing. It's just, uh, I love your show. We all love your show over here. And uh, a comment also about a show, well, several months back, uh, you were talking about the Turf Club over at uh, Saratoga Springs, and that's uh, uh, one of the many uh, favorite restaurants of uh, my wife and I, who uh, we absolutely love that place. And it's, it's a great setting. The food is excellent. The service, as, as usual, is, is excellent. Um, but we're big uh, Disney dining fans. And uh, anyway, keep doing what you're doing and hope you're having a great uh, time over at Star Wars Weekend. See you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. It's Danielle and Katie. Say hi, Katie. Hi, Lou. And we are sadly leaving Disneyland right now. We're on our way back home to Arizona, but we had an amazing time, and we wanted to let everybody know. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Lou, and what a bet! What a great week to start off the Memorial Day weekend 
with a Lou Mangiello podcast, WPW Radio show. I'm listening to the, I'm going to listen to the, um, the one where we go back uh, and uh, list, you guys list with Tim Foster the thing, top ten things you miss at Disney World. And, oh, I, I, I really miss Food Rocks. I know that's pretty silly to say, but when I was three, I, I always like do like um, a little show in the, in the little waiting area where you're waiting to go in. And I would do a little show, and everybody would clap, and then we'd go inside. My dad has it on film. Uh, he'll probably post it on, on YouTube and kind of embarrass me. Ha-ha, <laughs> joke. Anyways, um, I just want to say the, uh, this is Voyage of Ariel, by the way. I just wanted to say the WDW Radio Live podcast was so much fun. It was, it was fun. Um, uh, it was great to watch it. Watched it the whole entire time computer kind of broke, so I wasn't on for like three, two hours, that's why I wasn't on there, And but it was so much fun, watching the ice cream, uh, kitchen sink face off, that was fun, and uh, especially watching uh, you, Lou, tell about the oldest story, I think that's how you say Olga, I did not write a single thing, I just watched you, I just watched you laugh. I was laughing. I just watched people just post stuff. I didn't say a single word for those, like, 25 minutes of talking about all of it. It was so much. It was so funny. And I am looking to a lot of more, a lot more fun over the last co- next couple of months. And then for the WDW cruise, a radio cruise, I'm so excited for that. I'm counting down. I think it's, uh, it's nine months, uh, four weeks, and one day today. Uh, today is uh, May 29th. So, I'm excited. Um, I hope you do a live thing on the cruise. That would be awesome. I'd love to be out of the box for that. And okay, well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop jabbering, and I'm just gonna say goodbye and have a great Memorial Day weekend, Lou and everybody else, all you uh, WDW radio listeners. Okay, see you later. Hey, Lou. It's Andre from New Jersey. Uh, how are you? It's been a long time. Um, it's a Friday night. I'm just. Uh, I'm going out with my friends but, uh, tomorrow, but first I have to go shoe shopping tonight. And I am prepping, and I'm so pumped for that show. Um, the live show tomorrow, the 24-hour one, is just going to be amazing, I think. So I want to say good luck and uh, stay awake, drink lots of coffee, you know, the usual. Um, hope to hear from you soon. Keep up the great work. Take care. Bye. Uh, hey, Lou, this is Drew. Um, I'm calling you from the iPhone app. And last uh, last weekend, my wife and I were in um, we were in Disney World for a couple of days. And before we left, we spent some time at the studios. And I had thought that the Muppet uh, 3D attraction was down for refurbishment. But as we walked by, I saw people going in, so so we went in. And I I I really didn't notice anything different. So I believed that it hadn't gone down for refurbishment yet. I just listened to your podcast and found out that it actually did go down for refurbishment and come up. And so when we were there last weekend, we saw um, it as it had reopened. Uh, and so I, I, at first, as I listened to you tell us that, I felt like a bad Disney fan because I didn't notice anything new. But apparently they didn't change anything. I, I did notice uh, the, 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 the new screens in the pre-show. And we had kind of... That, they had set us um, towards the end of the row, so we were like the first and second seat on the end of the row by the exit doors. And I just had subconsciously noticed that the picture and the 3D effects in particular 
were a lot more um, sharper and clear. Usually when I would sit in the middle, um, the 3D effects wouldn't usually work for me. I don't know if it was my eyes or, or the way my brain works or what, but I, the 3D effects didn't come across like they, like, you know, they do in the movies now. Um, but this time it did. It, all the 3D effects worked for me. So I, I guess that's attributed to the new projection screens or, or whatever they're doing there. So I thought that was interesting and you'd like to know that. A great job on the show. And keep it up. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Melissa Waterman, a fellow attorney listener from Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm calling you from Toontown. I just wanted to say I wrapped up a fantastic seven days with my family here at Walt Disney World. And a lot of it was thanks to you. I anticipated the trip for six months, listening to every show. And when I finally got here, I was just that much more excited because of all the information you gave to me. My family said they'd never had a better trip that was filled with such interesting information. So thank you so much. I love the show, and thanks for all the magic you bring to my family and me. Bye-bye. Hi, Lou, and what a, bet, what a great week to start off the Memorial Day weekend with a Lou Mangiello podcast of UPW Radio. So I'm listening to the, I'm going to listen to the, um, the one where we go back uh, and uh, list. You guys list with Tim Foster the thing, top ten things you miss at Disney World. And oh, I, I I really miss Food Rocks. I know that's pretty silly to say, but when I was three, I I always like do like um, a little show in the in the little waiting area where you're waiting to go in. And I would do a little show, and everybody would clap, and then we'd go inside. My dad has it on film. Uh, I'll probably post it on, on YouTube and kind of embarrass me. Ha-ha, <laughs> joke. Anyways, um, I just want to say, the, the, uh, this is Voyage of Ariel, by the way. I just wanted to say the WDW Radio Live podcast was so much fun. It was, it was fun. Um, uh, it was great to watch it. Watched it the whole entire time. Computer kind of broke, so I wasn't on for like three, two hours. That's why I wasn't on there. And But it was so much fun watching the ice cream uh, kitchen sink face off. That was fun, and uh, especially watching uh, you, Lou, tell about the Olga story. I think that's how you say it, Olga. I did not write a single thing. I just watched Pete. I just watched you laugh. I was laughing. I just watched people just post stuff. I didn't say a single word for those like 25 minutes of talking about Olga. It was so much. It was so funny, and. I am looking to a lot of more, a lot more fun over the last couple, next couple of months, and then for the WDW cruise, radio cruise. I'm so excited for that. I'm counting down. I think it's uh, it's nine months, uh, four weeks, and one day today. Uh, today's uh, May 29th. So I'm excited. Um, I hope you do a live thing on the cruise. That would be awesome. I'd love to be out of the box for that. And okay, well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop jabbering and. I'm just going to say goodbye and have a great Memorial Day weekend, Lou and everybody else, all you uh, WDW radio listeners. Okay, see you later. Let's go out with something really hot for these folks. A big hit out of 77. A Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars, don't let them in. Star Wars, if they should buy.